Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast with Pastor John and Sam. This is episode number three. Here's our question. Uh, What is fasting? Is this something we should be doing? If so, how often or under what circumstances and for how long? Fasting is something that you see all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I incorporated into my youth ministry many years ago. When I was a youth pastor, I started a discipleship weekend. I took it off of Disciple Now and some other ideas that I had 30 hour famine was something. Okay. And so I incorporated all those ideas into this concept that I called the hunger blaze. And so it was actually B-L-A-Z. So my youth workers would mock me and say it's blaze, not blaze. (laughs) But each word stood for something different. B was benevolence. L was longevity. A was audacity. And Z was zeal. And it was a weekend of service projects and Bible study, but also incorporated 24 hours of fasting within that weekend to the point of where kids would go to school in the morning on a Friday, and they'd have to fast until the following Saturday morning, where we would have a big celebration breakfast uh, after the fast. But it was challenging for the kids because they would go into their schools and they would sit there in the lunchrooms and they couldn't eat anything Mm -hmm. while all their other friends were eating lunch. And so it became this real opportunity for them to really test their commitment to God, their focus on God. And so that was an event that became really special. I was just talking to some of my former youth workers recently, and they were just saying, out of all the things that we did, that was one of the most meaningful things that we did. So it was really, really incredible. And so with that in mind, I want to talk about fasting today. It's a great question, and it's something that I'm sure all of us have thought about at some point. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you three major points and kind of build around them with Scripture, okay? The first one is that fasting is not commanded in the Bible. Nowhere does the Bible say that a Christian must fast uh, in order to be close to the Lord. Um, In the same way that the Bible would command a Christian to be holy, 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16, uh, Peter said, be holy for I am holy, speaking of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Christ saying, be holy because I am holy. Be separated from the sin of the world unto the Lord God. And so, That's a command that we have in scripture. We're commanded throughout the Bible uh, in a lot of different areas, right? Mm -hmm. We're commanded to be saved. We're commanded to be holy. We're commanded to watch how we speak. We're commanded to honor God with sexual purity. We're commanded in all these areas, but the Bible does not command us to fast. Therefore, this is a great question. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about it for a minute because I think it is an important thing. And I think it is something that as Christians, we should consider participating in. So often the focus of fasting in our minds is like a lack of food, but the principle is beyond just fasting from food. It really is the idea of taking your eyes off of your own needs and desires and placing them squarely on your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so fasting is a way to demonstrate to God and really to us how serious we are about our relationship with God. Because when you give up something that you're accustomed to, that can be difficult. Absolutely. Especially with food, right? Yeah. It's like every two hours I get hungry again. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fasting on the weekend, that'd be the hardest thing for me, right? <laughs> and so fasting helps us to gain a new perspective and really a renewed reliance upon God where we're forced into discomfort for a time or a season in life. And so I want to begin with that thought. The Bible doesn't command us to fast. We're not commanded in the sense of being commanded to do other things like being holy, being righteous, being um, honoring to God. Number two, 
While fasting is not commanded in the Bible, it is evidenced in the lives of committed believers in various and very different ways. And I think it's uh, really, really important to consider that. Different examples, I'm going to give you six of them real quick, okay? So the first one is found in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 1 through 5. It's actually refraining from sexual intercourse in marriage. Paul is telling the Corinthians, in, um, he's telling them, listen, you that know Christ, um, there's a time and a season for you to set aside sexual intercourse within your marriage so that you can uh, be given the prayer and be given the fasting, mm -hmm. to focus on a ministry, to focus on God doing something great in your life through your sacrifice. Now, he says, don't do it for longer than a quote-unquote season because then you'll fall into sexual immorality potentially. Mm -hmm. And um, so he really does teach the importance of, of the sexual relationship within marriage. But here to the Corinthians, he says, it's appropriate at times to set it aside for you to be given to fasting and to prayer. The other examples I'm going to give to you all relate around food. But again, food's not the only thing. Number two, refraining from food in prayer for a mission. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, the Bible says he was praying in the wilderness and he was fasting. He was praying to the Father and there was that incredible interplay between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we'll never fully understand. But remember in Matthew 4, the devil comes to Jesus and tempts him mm -hmm. in three different ways. And, and so Jesus withstands the temptations and then the Bible says that, you know, some birds come and take care of him. Basically. Mm -hmm. God provides for him. God the Father provides for him. Number three is refraining from food and prayer for direction out of grief. Nehemiah chapter one, verses one through four. Nehemiah found himself in a place where he was grieving when he found out that the walls in Jerusalem had been destroyed and his homeland was in shambles. And so he prayed, he fasted, and then he went to the king and he asked for the opportunity to go back and rebuild the walls. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you refrain from something in prayer for direction out of grief. You're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's the loss of a family member. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe it's some sort of challenge that you're dealing with physically, emotionally, spiritually. I just was speaking to some people in our church recently. They're going through a time right now. And so I prayed with them, encouraged them. And so sometimes you're at that stage in life where you're going through a great stage of grief and you need to pray and you need to fast. Number four is refraining from food in prayer for protection. Ezra chapter eight, verses 21 through 23. We we're just talking about this a minute ago, but when Israel went into captivity, the walls in Jerusalem, the city was left in shambles. The temple was destroyed. And so three different times from Zerubbabel to Ezra to Nehemiah, they went back into Jerusalem to bring back the honor of the nation and the worship of Jehovah and ultimately Nehemiah would lead the people in rebuilding of the walls. And so there's times when we ask for protection, right? We're mm -hmm. going to be on a trip. Just yesterday, my daughters left to go back to uh, Cedarville University. And so I'm talking about Sunday after church, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, they were with us all weekend. And I took the time to get a circle together because there's a couple other kids and and we all prayed together, prayed for their protection mm -hmm. and for God's leading in their life. So sometimes you pray uh, for protection. You fast from food or something else for God's protection. Another example, number five, is refraining from food or refraining from something in repentance to God for sin. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, the Assyrians were 
uh, worshiping other gods. And remember, Jonah ultimately, it took him a while, but ultimately <laughs> Jonah went and he challenged the people according to God's word. And the Bible says the king was smote in his heart, basically, and he repented and he told all the people to refrain from eating and to get right with God, lest they be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we uh, we pray and we fast uh, in response to a heart of repentance, getting right with God, turning from our sin, turning unto God. And then another example, uh, number six, is refraining from food or something else in worship to God. Remember when Jesus was born and as he was a small child being taken into the temple in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, there was a couple different people that noticed this. Simeon had been praying and um, and waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And then there's the example of Anna the prophetess that when she um, was worshiping and fasting, and then she comes into contact with Jesus as a young child. And so there's many, many times when we, we just decide that we're going to fast because we want to worship God mm-hmm. and focus on him and reflect on him and make him our all in all. Yeah. Any thoughts on any of this? I think just the main point out of all those examples that you gave was it helps us to focus. Yes. Right? Because food is so integral in our lives. Like every day, three or four, four, five meals or whatever, or plus, eight or plus snacks, <laughs> plus snacks. But we we react to our body. Like we feel that hunger and we're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go feed that. But it's a great discipline almost. It's like a, this muscle that we're, that we're flexing, the spiritual muscle, right? Where mm. We're deciding, hey, I'm going to put off this so that I can focus on something else. And don't don't fill that something else with something, something other else. Th- right. <laughs> something other than God. That's a time to deliberately focus on God and let God meet your needs. And don't just react and say, okay, I'm going to go pig out on whatever. Yeah. Cadbury eggs. Pizza. <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it well. It's a spiritual discipline, and it's an opportunity to refocus yourself on the Lord Mm. and to set aside something that is very natural, uh, something that we enjoy, something that at times we feel like we can't live without, when in reality we can. Yeah. And so it's really, really important. And I I think the examples that I've cited are examples where people were very serious about their dependence upon God. And in every situation, it there's this interplay between depending on God and worshiping God mm-hmm. and how that just works together for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really, really incredible thing to think about. And so, yeah, I love your thoughts on that. Here's the third thing. And this is really what our listener is asking. How should a person fast? Um, how should a person make this a part of their life? Uh, and, you know, what does that look like in a person's life? How can this be part of our journey of faith? Well, as we've already said, this is between you and God. It's ultimately up to you in your relationship with the Lord. And no one's going to try to force you into it. It's not like at Emmanuel, we ever pressure people to fast. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible does command us to pray, but it doesn't necessarily command us to fast. But we do find a lot of value in this. And so here's a few thoughts. If you decide to fast, how you should fast. Number one, fast with a humble spirit. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, Jesus condemned the Pharisees, the religious leaders, he called them hypocrites of that day because literally they would disfigure their faces so that people would see their faces like that and think, oh, look how spiritual this guy is. Mm-hmm. And they did it for uh, the glory of man is what they did. Selfish reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They did it so that people would think that they were spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you think about this, I, I thought about wording it different. I ended up wording it humble 
um, spirit in your fast is the way you should fast. But you could also give the idea that you should, you know, fast um, in private right now. Yeah. I talked about the event that we did with our youth ministry, but it wasn't meant to show anyone how spiritual we were. It was just meant to get us focused on the Lord. I think some of the greatest fasts that you could ever have would be fasts that only you and God know about. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you're sharing with other people because it's not about them praising you. Oh, look how spiritual he is. Yeah. Look at what he's doing. Don't go on social media and be like, hey, all, <laughs> I'm fasting. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're doing a social media fast. I have heard of people doing that. Yeah. Which could be huge it could for be a huge. lot of us, right? Me, me included. Like if I took a week off of social media, like, yeah. that would be good for my soul. Yeah, me too. Here's the thing. It's not just food. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up. Number two, fast for a serious need. Mark chapter 9 and verses 14 through 29. There's a story there where this, this child who's possessed by a demon mm. and Jesus is not on the scene at first and, and uh, the disciples try to cast out the demon and they're unsuccessful. And Jesus comes on the scene. And remember, Jesus says, in essence, look at this wicked and perverse generation. How long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? And I, I think he was frustrated with his disciples because... They were not able to cast out the demon. And toward the end of the whole story, after Jesus does cast out the demon, he says, this kind, this kind of miracle, in essence, can come forth by nothing but by prayer. In some translations, add the word fasting. Mm -hmm. And so there's a picture of, you know, when there's a serious need, something that's going on that is going to take the power of God at a high, high level, it involves prayer and it involves fasting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'd be good to fast over a family member who doesn't know the Lord or Savior. Yeah. Maybe it'd be good to fast over Easter that's coming up mm-hmm. before you know it, right? Yeah. Um, before that Christmas. I mean, these are opportunities that the church has to influence people. And in my own life, I'm convicted by this and I need to respond to it mm-hmm. because it's one of those things where God works in powerful ways and we show how serious we are. Right. Number three, fast for an important decision. In Acts chapter 13, verses two and three, the Bible says that the apostles, they were praying and fasting, and that's when the Holy Spirit directed Paul and Barnabas to go on their very first missionary journey. And so, you know, when you're about to make a big decision, that's a great, great time to pray and to get counsel in the fast, to focus on God, because you you are desperate for the hand of God, the direction of, of God in your life to, to cause you to move in a place to where you're going to honor him. And it's always the best thing for you too. Mm-hmm. And so... These are the three things I would say when you choose to fast, fast with a humble spirit. In essence, fast in your prayer closet. Don't make it about you. Number two, fast for a serious need. And number three, fast for an important decision. And ultimately, what are you doing? You're you're worshiping God. And so fasting is a good thing when it's done with the right heart attitude. When someone talks about their fasting, though, as we've already mentioned, they're missing the point. So is it okay if someone knows that you're fasting, well, sure, as long as your focus is on the greatness of God and not on your own sacrifice to be seen of men. Fasting is about sacrifice, giving honor to God. And so the question was also asked within the question, how often, how long? This is what I would say. Fasting is meant to be done for a specific time. We're not meant to harm our bodies over a long period of time by unhealthy means. And so Remember, the Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are not our own. We're bought with a price, and the Bible says to glorify God in our bodies, and that encompasses a lot of different things. Sexual purity is the big thing there in the text, but I think it goes beyond that. We are to take care of our bodies 
And this means that, you know, you fast for a period of time, but you're not going to fast forever. And so I just want you to think of that. I mean, obviously, if you're diabetic or you have some sort of physical condition, make sure you take care of yourself. God is not honored by us hurting the very vessel that he's given to us. Right. And so it's really important. Fasting should be done according to what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Again, there's no set number of times for a believer to fast that's shown in the Bible. And if if you decide to fast, it's because it's a personal decision um, that you are making. And honestly, it's going to look different for different believers. And so fasting, what is it? It's our way to focus on God, to put aside a need, even a desire, even um, you know a benefit, a pleasure, so that we can really refocus. And as you've said well, it's a spiritual discipline. And so I would highly recommend it. Um, but again, you can't tell someone they have to as a command, but it's a great thing to fast in our dependence in our worship to God. Yeah, that's a great answer, John. Hey, we want to thank you for your question today. And if you're listening and you have another question, you can send that to John at weareemmanuel.life. And we'll talk about that on a future episode. Thanks so much for listening. There she is. What a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I like